Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. Every Thursday, your hosts, Dan and Dawn, share with you their experience and insights on kink, power exchange, and erotic life, as well as bring you interviews with exciting people from various lifestyles. Then every Monday, you'll hear from our various guest hosts. These nationally known educators bring a variety of experience to the mics and share with you an ever-increasing diverse world of alternative life. Erotic Awakening is intended for mature audiences. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Dawn. Hi, Dan. We don't have time for you to come in from the kitchen with your coffee this morning. This is a huge show. See, this is what happens when we take a week off. We end up with this longer than normal show. We have so many uh, notes and GLLA shout outs and lots, picks. Lots of love. Lots, lots of, of love. love indeed. So go ahead and have a seat there. Now you got your coffee oh, and you're coffee. all settled. Yay for the coffee. Mm-hmm. Nectar of the gods. I thought your pussy was the nectar of the gods. Ooh. <laughs> I'm okay. I, ooh, you got me stuttering. <laughs> I'm okay didn't take with long. that label. <laughs> so, hello everyone. Welcome ooh. to Erotic Awakening. Ooh, good morning. Good morning. Oh, it makes me. I've been. <laughs> <laughs> what? I feel like one of those creepy morning shows now. <laughs> well, I've been watching The Grandbaby, and there's a song that starts with "Good Morning" that I used to sing to the kids, and I almost broke out into song, but no, not this morning. Not I, this I won't morning. Do, I won't do that. So, Dawn, later in the show. Conquer Me is a book by Casey Cunningham. We uh, happen to. So when we, <clears throat> our favorite Canadian stalkers ended up. <clears throat> I should edit that out. Our favorite Canadian stalkers. And, oh, you tell the story. <clears throat> oh, as, as, as you try to uh, get your voice together. So um, the Canadian stalkers, they read our book, but they also said, oh, you should really read this other book. You know, it's so great. And, <laughs> you know, and it made me think. And it's like, yeah, gee, thanks. So, but, uh, but, you know, we hardly get that anymore. After 14 years, we hardly get 13, 14. We hardly get the comment of, oh, my God, you should read this book. Right, and, but in this case, you did pick up Conquer Me, and you did read it. I did, and I read it, and I, um, someone else actually told us about it as well, from Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm like, okay, that's two people that have told me about this book. I don't usually read books anymore. Um, honestly, and we've talked about this before, and one of the reasons we wrote Living MS is because most of the books out there are built with the... Uh, Power exchange, but with different dynamics in the relationship. You know, there's not too many on the hetero, married, but power exchange, whatever. So, you know, we put ours together. We had a lot of people in that dynamic asking us the same questions over and over again. So we put it into a book. So I'm like, oh, no, not another book. I have read so many books during our relationship, and I've pulled everything that I need from them. Aha, famous last words. So I picked up this book and started reading it, and I was only in chapter three, and they're very short, digestible chapters. She said she wrote them short specifically so people could uh, read them during their time in the bathroom. (laughs) So I'm like on chapter two or three, and all of a sudden I've got something to journal about. And I brought it up at um, the slave chat that I run here in Columbus, and I brought Mm -hmm. it up with, you know, with with the, the girls there, and... They had something to say about it. So 
we're all getting ready to journal in Fet Life about this thing that was in a book, and it was actually really pretty neat. I haven't got to that mode in a very long time where I have to journal about something and figure something out about myself based on what someone else has written. So that book would be the uh, Conquer Me, and we have mm-hmm. the interview with Casey Cunningham, the author of the book, yes. who we happen to see at GLLA mm-hmm. in, um, later in the show episode today. I find it funny, too, because as I got further in the book, there was something I disagreed with. So <laughs> you left the room when we were doing the interview, and her and I actually talked about that, but we didn't have the microphone on. Aww. So, you know, that would have been interesting, because I think that is more about us maybe thinking the same thing about the topic, but coming at it from different directions. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like we're disagreeing. So we spent most of our time trying to agree on vocabulary. Okay. But um, the interview itself, I didn't hear any of that stuff. No, it's not in the interview. I'm sorry. No, that's good. I did. You know, the words are just words, mm-hmm. which is a funny thing for a podcaster to say. So, but the, the, the uh, interview itself was really good. We had a great time. Good. So other than that, uh, we'll get to that in just a moment. We have a question of the day about uh, tattoos and brandings. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have a naughty talk happening at the Monkey Puzzle Club as well. And so this is what happens when we don't podcast a lot. (laughs) So between the last time you and I spoke, listeners, we spoke to a bunch of people over at the naughty uh, at the Monkey Puzzle Club, which is a group in Columbus, Ohio. Uh And uh, we did our presentation called Naughty Talk. That was fun. That was a lot of fun because we get to pull uh, people up from the audience. And you would actually be surprised how many people in this lifestyle, in the kink lifestyle, that are out in the open, how many people you can get to blush yes. just by doing naughty talk. So that it was, was awesome. It was particularly <laughs> fun to pull people up um, and whisper in their ear, uh, hi, how's it going? You having a good day? But you do it in such a way Uh that it still causes them to react uh, (laughs) as if you're whispering, hey, I want to fuck you in the eyeball or something. (laughs) Uh, So very fortunate we got to go out there and do that. If Mm -hmm. um, you would like us to come out there and talk naughty to you, toss us an email and tell us the name of the group and we'll see if we can make that happen. We happen to rather enjoy running around the... uh, I should say internationally. Oh, yeah. Canada counts. Canada does count, (laughs) as does South America. And uh, we have a new listener from South America, but they're in next week's show notes. Oh, okay. Okay. In this week's show notes, we're too busy talking about Tim, Tammy, Taslim, and Jolie, who all licked us on Facebook. I know, I know. Do do they realize that if they see us in person, they really have to lick us now? Yes, I think that is the... That's in uh, Facebook's uh, agreement, I think. You didn't read it either? Oh, wow. That's what you get for clicking through that shit. And I see that Mike and Jennifer have both joined the Erotic Awakening mailing list. They'll know when we have shit to give away before anybody else. I know, I know. And our projects that are coming up, so... Yay! Ooh... Fiscal Dom and Betty Davis eyes actually commented on episode 203. Do you remember what 203 was? That would have been where we had, yeah, there was a matter of fact, which is <laughs> stunning for this time of day. Actually, I don't. I have show notes in front of me, <laughs> which reminded me that this would be the episode where we had Will and Lisa from Board of Education in studio. Right. And we talked about monogamy. And, and it's really interesting. A lot of people don't realize as they're coming into the lifestyle that monogamy is completely acceptable. It's It's as common as any other. Some people 
are monogamous. Some people play with other people but are sexually monogamous. Some people mm -hmm. are emotionally monogamous but will play with other people. And we had a nice conversation with Will and Lisa about that. We did. And um, Fiscal Dom and Betty Davis Eyes also liked the idea that when we went over that list of how to make your slave feel owned, mm -hmm. they were afraid that all of it was going to be lend your slave out. Lend your slave out. Give your slave to somebody else. You know, things like that that would be in their, in their world that would be more on a poly, poly realm. So they were glad that there was a lot of stuff that they could do in their monogamous realm. Speaking of that episode of um, things to make your slave feel owned, and I think we did that based on that, a list of 100 things mm -hmm. you can do to make your slave feel owned. Right. So if you uh, are a member of the Fet Life, you can go out to 24-7 Seven. for real. Right. There's somebody, one of our podcast listeners said, hey, look what I found. I see. That's one of those I found by accident. Yeah. That, and that was yeah. neat. Somebody posted uh -huh. that they found those episodes and they posted it. Mm -hmm. And um, had some people respond by saying, well, that's really neat. Had other people respond by saying, oh, lists are useless because they're on paper. Oh. I know. Who could make, you know, if your master has to go off a list of 100 things, and what kind of master is he? And and. The point of the list is not, here's 100 things that you must do to be a real slave. Right. The point of it is, here's some ideas that you may find of value. Right. They're, they're conversation generators. They're little things that, like when we were talking about it, some of it was like, no, it doesn't work for us. Other things were like, ooh, there's a little blip in the belly. I wonder yeah. what that's about. So, so on the Fet Life, I responded to that thread by being somewhat, I think, gracious and saying, mm -hmm. trying to explain, look, the, the theme is not to tell you you're being a good master or a bad slave. The theme is to say, here's some ideas and some thoughts. And that's right. what I said on the, the on the thread. Here on the podcast, I'll say, fuck you, bitches. <laughs> Just fuck you. <laughs> Fuckity fuck fuck and fuck some you. Some people don't know how to be anything but negative. I, I tell you, some people, it's like, look, if, if you post somewhere, hey, I think I'm going to go vote for Romney. Mm-hmm. Look, I'm not going to vote for Romney personally, right. but I'm not going to spend 20 minutes of my life posting why you're an idiot and why it's a bad idea. And I might, right. If I'm involved, I might suggest, hey, why are you going to vote for Romney? I'm going to vote for the other guy. Right. I was curious what your thinking is. Mm -hmm. And by the way, who are we going to elect, Tweedledum or Tweedledumber? Yeah. Who cares? You mean, you mean you would have an adult conversation without personally attacking somebody? But to take the energy of, <laughs> you know, just... Ah, meh. Okay, we won't know, go into a rant. Do you know what cast. my response to the thread was? No, I did not know. If you have a differing opinion, here's our address, and we'd love to interview you on Skype. Which is absolutely <laughs> my favorite response, you know? Because if you're willing to come on the show and have that conversation with right. us, then you've, got a, then you've got a thought out, you know, I'm willing to talk to you. You know, we absolutely do not own the rights to, here's the right way to do anything. Mm -hmm. We've got some experience. Here's what's made us happy over the last decade. Right. If you're doing something else, great. Glad right. to hear. Well, if they come on the show to be interviewed, then it becomes more about sharing information instead of personal attacks of as to why everybody else is doing it wrong. So I like the sharing of information part, and it can be a differing opinion. I concur. And so, so. does so does Allie out there in the Bible Belt. Yay. <clears throat> who, uh, out there in the Bible Belt, she said she found the podcast quite... Uh, keeping her focused on where she wants her life to be. Nice. And um, she sent us a comment via the comment form. So thank you, Allie. And thank you all of our other listeners who send in. Oh, hey, here's a side note, by the way. Did you know October is Tell-A-Listener Month here at the Erotic Awakening Podcast Network? I did not know that, but I, I do now. I made that up in the shower. <laughs> but so during the September episodes, we're gonna, we say, hey, listeners, why don't you write us? 
and tell us how is it that you are going to tell someone else about the Erotic Awakening podcast. Nice. And how can they do that? Oh, that's a good segue. <laughs> uh, they can do that via Dana Dawn at eroticawakening.com via the email. Awesome. Well, we also have other methods that people are really using. So we have the Got Comment form on the webpage, which is eroticawakening.com. You can also follow us on the Twitter, Dan and Dawn. Mm-hmm. Or join the FetLife group, Erotic Awakening. Other ways to contact us as well as where we will be presenting past podcast episodes, the neat link to the newsletter and other neat stuff can be found at www.eroticawakening.com. Ooh. Didn't that sound all professional, man? It does. It does. So, and I'm looking at the uh, next shout out that we want to do. I had you look up this person's name because I was really curious (laughs) as to to who it was. So Here's um, here's the normal comments (laughs) that we get from people. Dawn's laugh. Dawn's moan. Dawn's this. Dawn's that. Dan is sexy. We, we get, get that those. on. A, we only get, you know what? We get that when I whine about everybody commenting about you. But then somebody sends me a picture of boobies and I shut up for a month. There you go. But oh. you were going to talk about Scorpio 19610. Yeah, he said, or they said, I don't know if it's a he or she. It is a he. I okay. Looked. I want to say I love your guys' podcast, but had to stop because Dawn was too sexy to keep listening to. Scorpio, uh, <laughs> she is sexy to listen to. I will ag- agree to that. Don't stop listening. If it helps, I could shove my cock in her mouth so she won't be able to talk. Ooh. That takes us back to the naughty talk <laughs> thing yes. from earlier. Let's... Love that one. Um, oh I did want to... So one of the fantastic things that happened to us at the GLLA was uh, not only did we have a... We just had a lot of good, neat stuff we had happening. great stuff at GLLA. The GLLA mean, is the, the Great Lakes Leather Alliance. Oh. It's a yearly event in Indianapolis, Indiana. Mm-hmm. Love the event. This one is, um, most, there's, it's mostly kink events around the country. And most people get their, their entry into the world you know, of events through kink events. Well, you've got some that are leather events, and GLLA is one of those. That's uh, where we won our title at a couple of years ago for mm-hmm. Master, Master Slave. Master Slave title, regional mm-hmm. representatives. Yes, yes. So we got there. This is a Thursday through a Sunday event, but Dan had to work, so we didn't get in until late Friday night. Dan's tired. I set up the room. He flops into bed. I just love that visual flop. (laughs) (laughs) You told me to put on my leathers and go downstairs and make an appearance. So that's what I did. And the ash bash was going on. And oh my God, that's so much fun. So the ash bash is cigars and whiskey Mm -hmm. and boot blacking. So, So, yeah. So, Dawn. Yes. Why is it good for a power exchange couple like us Mm -hmm. to go to an event like that? Because there's other power exchange couples there, and if there's nobody that's like really out and representing and showing that that's a valid relationship style, people end up feeling lost. So that's my opinion, anyway. And I, I totally agree with you. The um, we talked earlier about Allie, who's out there in the Bible Belt, mm-hmm. and uses the podcast to connect to the lifestyle, mm-hmm. which is great. But there's. Um, a fantastic benefit of being able to be around other lifestyle people, whether it's kink lifestyle, rope lifestyle, power exchange lifestyle. Rope lifestyle? Did I say I that? I think so. Why not? Yeah. They have a yeah. flag. They can Absolutely. have a lifestyle. Um, there's just something about being around other people. It really helps. 
when you and I first got started, we go back in time a little bit, um, you know, there's that fear of, you know, maybe we are sick fuckers, you know, mm -hmm. maybe everybody else is right. And uh, it helps to be around people that view the lifestyle the same way as you do and just chill and, and spend time with them. Not only is, you know, I mean, obviously you have the great classes and the dungeon and all that kind of stuff, which we made use of the dungeon. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's just helpful just to see other people interacting in the same way that you visualize yourself interacting and say, wow, these guys look healthy. These guys are having fun. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe we're not the sick fuckers that everybody's painting us out to be. So exactly. And I'm going to tell you what, there's, um, there were a lot of power exchange people there, or at least more that were noticeable. And maybe they were noticeable because they came up to me. <laughs> so during the Ash Bash, I had couples coming up to me going, oh my God, PXS was our first event because it was about power exchange. And we had such a great time. We decided to try another event. And you guys talked about GLLA. So we decided to make this our other event. And they were having a great time. Mm -hmm. There was um, a couple of couples at GLLA was their second event after PXS. And they're like, PXS was really relationship-focused. GLLA is leather-focused and, and leather family tribe-focused, but there's bare butts running around. <laughs> <laughs> so they were getting used to that. For that, uh... people that are uh, new to the podcast, <laughs> the PXS would be the Power Exchange Summit. That's the event you and I run yes. once a year. Yes. Coming in June 2013, join the newsletter to find out more. Ooh, we, exactly. we will talk a lot about that closer to the event. Yes, exactly. So, But it was a lot of fun. So Ash Bash was people coming up to me going, oh my God, I heard about PXS. When's it going to happen? Is it going to happen next year? I want to come next year. How can I help? And lots of offers to help. That's what I like yeah. about the leather community. Yeah, lots of uh, people saying, what can we do to to help make that happen? Yes. Yeah, that's, so. and that's really neat. The um, And then, as I mentioned, we went to the dungeon there. And the reason we went to the dungeon is we have new toys. Yes. We happen to... Electronics. Um, Technology. We have some electronics, yes, oh, as well. Oh, sorry. We have the other ones, but too. But we have other ones <laughs> as well. So while we were there, we ran into... And speaking of people that want to help out and stuff, some friends of ours that their vendors for... Uh, their, their vending thing is called Manor Gear. Mm -hmm. So um, they said, how can we you know, help out the Power Exchange community? How can we help out the podcast? Um, and so blah, blah, blah. Long story short is they are now our new, uh, uh, let's call them, I was going to call them the gold sponsors. Let's call them the chrome sponsors. <laughs> so for the next six months, you'll be hearing a lot about Manor Gear. Uh, they said, here's some toys. If you think these toys are any good, go take them to the dungeon. If you think they're any good, then we'd like to be sponsors on the podcast. Uh -huh. And I uh, from the way you were uh, moving the next day, clearly the toys are good. So uh, we are happy that they have joined the uh, Erotic Awakening uh, family as somebody that's helping us pay the bills around here, keep the podcast on the air, not coming out of our pocket. Nice, nice. And we're going to say something like, Manor Gear is owned by a lifestyle couple with over 20 years experience and sells handcrafted leather goods. They specialize in custom-made items and the repair and restoration of your leather goods. Slave tested and master approved. Find out more at www.manorgear.com. And we'll be saying that a lot over the next we six will. months. We will. So, but yeah, the toys were, the ones, the ones we picked out were a little different. And we have used them consistently. Consistently. Yeah. Just in the last couple of weeks. We've played more in the last couple of weeks. And I think it is because we've got new toys. And, you know, one of the things that um, people will find our preference wise, mm -hmm. you know, and now I'm not going to go into the whole rant about advertising and, you know, 
we like stuff from people that we can see, right? right. Um, Small business, homegrown, right? Out there in the public, yeah. Uh, you know, I like whenever we walk by um, Arcane's mm-hmm. uh, booth. He's sitting there making floggers, right? Right. right. Um, and again, Manor Gears the same way. Manor Gears the same of, yeah, way, right? Yeah. We sit there. They're making that stuff. We bought stuff that came from their hands. We're using it on each other. Mm-hmm. MT yeah. leather. Better. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. We should get little $10 bumps from them, <laughs> but their stuff is good. Yeah. So there's that. Um, well, you y- know what else was interesting? Thinking of GLLA. Yes. Um, I, I know we skipped a week. I have something so really interesting about GLLA you do. that I'm going to so, talk about. But it was kind of neat because we kept talking. We had people coming up to us while we were selling the books going, yeah, you guys aren't rock stars. Um, can we hear you say... Uh, hi Dan, hi Dawn, <laughs> and they made us split up like across the room so that we could say hi Dan, hi Dawn, <laughs> and then uh, someone else was really starstruck by you and uh, ended up asking for our picture. Yeah, that was neat. There was a it couple was, there. That, yeah. So that would be the the Tim and Wendy who uh, mm-hmm. asked us to take their picture with them, and that that felt really neat. That was neat. It was like uh, you realize we're just podcasters, right? <laughs> It was a really, but it was a really neat experience, yes. you know. Yes, it um, was. And then we got, we ran into our good friend Cricket, uh-huh. who introduced us to Frankie and Lynn. And nice. again, uh, it's really neat to. I, and I, I hope I got this one right, but uh, Cricket says, "Oh, this is Frankie, and Frankie, this is Dan." Mm-hmm. And uh, when Frankie hears my voice, he goes, "Oh, oh, the podcaster." <laughs> I was like, Okay, that's an interesting way. But yeah, that, and you're uh, Frankie, you're correct. I am the yep, podcaster. Yeah, yeah. So, but that was kind of interesting. And it was probably unusual because that's like our home group sort of thing. You know, we're at uh, uh, um, home group. I'm, I, I felt like I was just joined a 12 step meeting. <laughs> that's my Keep home group. coming back. But we had a it lot works of that. If you work it. We, we had a lot of that at GLLA. And it really, uh, really interesting the amount of people. Like, uh, we had Diane who came up and mm-hmm. out of nowhere. It's really neat scarification on her, by the way. Yeah. Who said, you know, just a drive by real quick. Hi, this is, hey, I know you guys from the podcast. Nice to meet you guys. And yep. uh, same with Crypt Keeper and Slave Kathy who came over. I think we signed a book for them, too. Yes, we did. I think we even sold them a book. We did. We I think did. we even tried to say if you guys are the biggest podcast listeners, then you should buy two books. But I don't think they bought that. Our uh, podcast listeners are smart. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. They may uh, have. And, that was, you know, again, it was really neat to run into people and, and be able to and spend a couple minutes chatting with them and stuff. And mm-hmm. um, Oh, we actually got a, even getting there late, we had time to chit-chat. So something that GLLA does with their, GLLA does with their presenters is they only schedule them to present one class mm. so that the presenters can... Well, sometimes we've done two, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. but that gives us um, time to actually enjoy the event. I mean, we got to sit down and talk to Sir G. Oh, yeah. You, got, you spent a lot of time. I spent a lot of time, and there's never been a chance to do that before because Sir G's usually busy, busy, busy. Yeah, and then you started talking about your girly shoes and pissed him off. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't usually talk about clothes. There's a steampunk event coming up, and I am into the clothes for this. I don't know what it is. <laughs> And uh, yeah, so and then we, and even uh, we ran into needs to be punished. We saw Latrist and got to talk mm-hmm. about numbers a little bit with her. Mm-hmm. Um, Sarah Sloan spent a lot of Sarah time Sloan with her. Sarah Sloan was there too. Yeah. yeah. So we spent a lot of time. So it's really neat 
uh, as we travel around, we get to meet some of the podcast listeners. The point to this being podcast listeners, if we're ever in your neck of the woods, reach out and say, hey, I see you guys are going to be in Buenos Aires, or you're going to be in Ontario, or you're going to be in... Where else are we going to be in coming up? Oh, coming up, we've got Edmonton, Ottawa, Dallas, Cleveland... Um, I'm All not sure what else. Yeah, yeah, pretty random. So if we're ever in your neck of the woods, Philadelphia. reach out. Oh, Philadelphia. Definitely if you're soon. in Philadelphia, reach out <laughs> and say, hey, um, come, come have a cup of coffee with us or something, right? Yeah, yeah, we'll be in Chicago soon, too. Yep. I thought we were slowing down. <laughs> we suck at slowing down. <laughs> I got you to stutter. <laughs> As a matter of fact, the reason we were slowing down is because I ran out of my uh, time off at work. I couldn't take any more right. holiday time. So instead of that being the reason we slowed down, instead I'm working 10-hour days so I can take extra days <laughs> off and we can continue to do shit. Yeah, but when, when like Jack calls you up and says, hey, would you like to? Yeah, we're suckers. It's, yeah. <laughs> and no, well, it's not that we're suckers. We enjoy yes. presenting and stuff. Absolutely enjoy. Well, Philly is a case in point. We were going for vacation and to see a concert. Yeah. What did we do? We called someone that's been trying to get us out there for a while, and we will actually be presenting while we're there sightseeing. <laughs> Before we leave GLA, I'm not going to mention their name again, but we just went through the name of GLA. I'm not going to kiss and tell, mind you. But um, we had uh, we met one couple that we spoke to for a while, and they were explaining what their kink was, and it was really, right. really um, interesting. Hot, hot, yes. It's, <laughs> Uh, yeah, my dick just poked up and said, interesting. Is that what you're going to call that? Your, I, I, saw, uh-huh. I saw the blood leave your head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, think, think. Uh, yeah. So we I, ended up having this uh, <laughs> conversation with them, and then later we saw them down in the dungeon, and I ended up asking the female half of the, of the group if, they would, if she would like to play. Right. Well, their kink was is that he wanted to watch. Yes. And he hadn't had a chance to do that yet with some of her play partners that she had just found. Mm-hmm. So here we are in a dungeon, public event. He gets to sit next to me, and I get to watch him watching her with you. And it was a nice little... <laughs> it was a nice little... It was a really nice scene. Oh, yeah. um, and I don't normally do a lot of pickup play. It's mm-hmm. not really my thing, but it, the energy was fantastic. Mm-hmm. We had this instant connection. Um, well, you and I had just played, too. So right. there was so that was charge yeah. going on, and they had watched us a little bit. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I tell you, fan, fantastic 100% of the way, except for the fact that here it is. It's been two, three weeks now, and I haven't heard back from her. Oh, yeah? I hear, I've heard from him. Though. We I heard was going to say, yeah. yeah, he reached out to me. <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. Um, I do want to mention that... Erotic Awakening is sponsored in... See, you had that pause there. I don't know. You thought I was fucking losing it. Still thinking about that scene. Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by Adventures in Sexual Ohio. Maybe you should read this one. She is so fucking hot with her little pussy getting all wet while I sphinct Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by Adventures in Sexuality, Central Ohio's kinky fun group. Um, coming up with them. They have a lot of things that are going on here in Central Ohio, but their next big event is COPE, which is Central Ohio's Perversion Excursion, Expanding Knowledge and Adventure. They're the ones doing the steampunk night. They are. (laughs) September 14th and 15th, and sorry guys, but that has been sold out for a couple of months now. Find out more at adventuresandsexuality.org. And then I got out the flogger and I made, oh, sorry, are we back? Okay. We are back. But you know what? 
someone sent me a picture of where they think George went. Do you know I constantly get questions? Have you found George yet? Have you found George For, yet? For uh, uh, oh, podcast sorry. listeners I, that are I, new I to the podcast. people have listened since the beginning. <laughs> uh, George is a huge purple tentacle yeah. dildo. Yes. And he disappeared. He did disappear. From the apartment. So either he's hiding really, really good or he's left to go do his own podcast and we just haven't heard from him yet. <laughs> My hope is that he has left at this yeah. point because now that you're watching the grandbaby, you know how grandbabies get into everything. Ew, yeah. No. I don't need her to find it. That'd just be horrible. No, no, no. But someone sent me a picture and where he was hiding was very interesting. Where was it? He was up someone's pussy. <laughs> That one looked a little more blue to me than purple. It did purple. look a little blue. Hey, maybe he was being constricted. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> George is getting hot. a little breath play there. <laughs> um, hey, Dawn. Yes? Are you in the Hampton Roads area of Virginia? I am not, but I actually know where that is because I'm from East Coast. Oh, well, no shit. It's kind of near Norfolk. Well, we have a listener and <laughs> apparently we've qualified that this person is also a book buyer. <laughs> I didn't know that was a qualification. I didn't know that was... <laughs> Seven Cod? That's what it looks like, Seven Cod. All right, Seven Cod. He's out there in that area in general, like to find some lifestyle people. If you, oh, listeners, know anybody out there, give us a holler, and we will uh, get you a hold of the Cod Man and uh, go from there. Yeah. Probably doesn't like being called the The Cod Cod Man. man. (laughs) Makes me think of that uh, song about the fish. I forget the name of the song. um, Good Lord. Dum, dum, wet dream. Wet dream. I think yes. that's what it's called. So from Dr. Demento. Yay. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> he was such a cod. <laughs> Is that where that was from? Yes. Good Lord. So right now. Uh, I'm old. Yes. Casey has been listening to the podcast for the last 30 minutes going, didn't you get, you, we interviewed me in here somewhere, motherfuckers. Where's my interview with? And I think we are almost ready to get there. Yes. Um, we have blown past the question of the day. Oh, um, we did. And we have not said the things like you could rate us on iTunes, tweet about us, or lick us on Facebook. Remember, September is how are you going to tell your friends? And in October, October we will um, we will read all those and tell people how you've told your friends about the Erotic Awakening nice, podcast. Nice, nice. And we'll cover the question of the day next time. So it was actually really interesting, the tattoos and branding. Well, and... you can't do that. You're such a tease. Why? Because uh, you said we're going to handle it next week. No, we've already got a question for next week. Oh, so, yeah. Okay. And I think we can do it really quickly. So let's just knock oh, yeah. it out. Okay. Uh, and I know I'm looking at work, my, the clock, too. The clock for work. <laughs> I just turned around. So the question is, actually, we've got this really long email from someone, um, podcast listener. So it was great. And I think part of it is on, on next week's show notes. But the question of the day that she had was um, she was pondering about tattoos and brandings. Mm-hmm. That she'd been in a power exchange for a year. And she wanted to know how um, prolific, is that the right word? Why not? Um, tattoos and brandings are in the community to show ownership. Mm-hmm. And what I told her was, um, from my experience and from what I've seen, not too many people do the whole name thing. With tattoos and brandings. There are some brandings. I know we just ran across someone that had the name. I was going to say that, yeah. Um, but um, brandings, there are some brandings. Sure. You know, it's a, it, it's a fetish. It's a kink. Some people like to try it out. Some people do it more temporary with violent wands or things like that instead of the whole strike brand. But I have seen strike brands too. But with that, people are very aware that bodies heal differently. 
Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Which is why we didn't do a branding. You had actually thought about that at the beginning to do the whole Gorian strike branding. Yeah, yeah. You know? And um, what I found was that for myself, so the, the, with a branding, it doesn't matter what level of skill you have because the person that you're branding, mm-hmm. their body heals in different ways. So I may do the perfect brand on one person and it comes out perfect and I might do the perfect brand on another person and it comes out poorly right. because bodies heal differently. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not a big fan of the branding myself, at least not for the permanent. Uh, a lot of people like to play with temporary right, right, stuff or as the well. cell popping, cell things popping, like that. that kind of but thing. um, I find that usually when the brandings are done, they're like um, little pictures or they're little symbols or they're things like that. They're not like usually names or you know, anything like that to show um, ownership. I right. guess. Yeah, I don't usually see that too much. Maybe I'm not looking. Tattoos, the same thing. Um, sometimes there can be like a tattoo of ownership. I know one person that tattooed her foot and it was musical notes because it represented her master who was a musician. Oh. So it wasn't a name. It wasn't anything like that. Um, you and I were in the relationship for a couple of years before we did the tattoo. Right. And the tattoo is initials. So it's your big D, my little D, and it's wrapped together. And the reason that we did this, you know, people were like, oh my God, what if you guys break up? Well, there's always that possibility, but to me, it's like, okay, we've been in this for two years. We're taking this seriously. You know, this is the style of relationship we're going to have. He does own me. If we happen to break up, Mm -hmm. I know us, the breakup shouldn't be, well, never mind. I'm not going to label that it was going to be good, bad, or, or whatever. But if we break up, the idea was I've had such a positive experience with the relationship so far as it is that I'll be okay with the initials. It'll represent something that was really positive in my life. So, but, um, but, and you tease me a lot with putting your ex-wives names on your arm and scratching them out. (laughs) And as you and I have disagreements to start putting the line through my name a little bit at a time. I have no such tattoo, but I have joked about it on occasion. (laughs) So, um, let's say that slave Joe who's been with his mistress or master for a year, says, hey, Don, would you recommend, I was thinking about getting a uh, slay, a big M mm-hmm. tattooed on my back to represent that I'm owned by so-and-so master mistress. Right. Would you recommend they get a slave tattoo? You know, part of me's like, not after only a year. I know that there's bumps at two years and four years, and but... Not a huge one. I'd start little. (laughs) Because then you can redo it around the M if it turns out bad. But, you know, I don't want to tell people don't jump into life with gusto. But think about it if, you know, if there is a breakup, is a year really long enough to say that you're totally owned? Yeah. I don't know. I think for myself... It's how you present the tattoo. Now, you and I both have tattoos. We're mm-hmm. both, neither one of us are heavily tattooed. But no. uh, the tattoo should be significant to you, um, of course. But well, there's no, yeah. There's hardly any going back, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it should be a acknowledgement of something joyous you found, not something that says this will be here forever right because then as you would mentioned right five years down the road if you do break up with so-and-so person 
uh, you, you're, people say, well, what's that tattoo? You know, and then you say, well, this is a, you know, this is a reflection that I had this wonderful thing happen in my life. Mm-hmm. If you're the kind of, I don't know, you know, if you're the kind of person that's still mad at their ex five years later, probably a bad idea. Right. You know, if it's something that's going to remind you of a positive thing that happened, a positive time in your life, right? If you're the kind of person that can't stand to look at pictures of your ex, then imagine what it'd be like to carry one with them with you all the time. Exactly. I, you know what? I wouldn't give people advice at all. I'd say, fuck if I know. It's your body. Right. Right. So, yeah. <clears throat> it's kind of lame. <laughs> I know. Chicken way out. But that's it, is what... a, it is a chicken way out. But like I said, do, I mean, do you tell people? I, I don't know. I, it feels like it's a warning of a negative thing that might happen. But things like that do happen. And we you know gave what? it a lot of thought. I think anybody that's going to walk over and seek out the advice of someone else mm-hmm. is the kind of person that's likely not just impulsively going to do it, but they're actually giving it some thoughts. You know, my, here's my here's my, what my actual advice would be. I'd say here's you make your what tattoo are you going to get? Let's see a picture of it. Right. And unless you can, put, you know, not something in your brain, something on paper. Mm-hmm. And then once you've got that on paper, carry it with you for two weeks. Right. Everywhere you go, carry it with you. That's what you did. Yeah. And mine were created after rituals. And after months of designing, so at least one of my legs. Uh huh. So, and that's a good idea. You can also get the the type of paper that has like the ink on it that the tattoo artists use. Yeah. And actually use that paper on your skin where you think you want it placed, and draw the tattoo on your skin. You could even here and here's something I did was you can get it done in henna. Exactly. Exactly. I had a henna pussy put on my chest over my heart. And it was kind of cool for the wacky, wild event that we were at. But I don't know that I'd want to wake up every day and see a gaping pussy on my <laughs> chest. I don't know. Just a little, maybe it's nice. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Uh, I, guess. I don't know, but I had a whole different visual with the gaping pussy on your chest when you wake up in the morning. <laughs> Someone <laughs> sitting on your chest. Woo! <laughs> Good morning, sir. <laughs> All right. With that, we do indeed have an interview with the uh, Casey Cunningham. I won't tell you how awesome it is. Instead, you can just listen. So, Don, if you remember correctly, our favorite Canadian stalkers went off and bought five or six copies of our book, Living MS. They did, yes. And then they said, you know, if you want to read a really good book, you need to pick up Conquer Me. By Casey Cunningham. Exactly. And that was like a backhanded compliment of some sort. I'm not (laughs) sure what that meant. But uh, we did actually get a hold of a copy of of Conquer Me by Casey Cunningham Mm -hmm. and um, invited her up to our room. We invited her up to our hotel room. Our hotel room with the pretext (laughs) of the interview. Come see our, wait a minute, come see your book. (laughs) And you're not only, but I have like in the car, so... Exactly, yeah, so, yeah. I can see them anytime I want. And I you said, yes, you can't see it the way it looks in our room. Exactly. Right. Anytime you want. <laughs> so here I am. So here we are in our room, and uh, Dawn, you've been reading this book and journaling and writing little notes about it, and... Um... I have. It's, it's actually been pretty interesting. This is called uh, Conquer Me, Girl-to-Girl Wisdom About Fulfilling Your Submissive Desires. So... And it's actually kind of interesting because I really don't pick up books 
that much anymore. I mean, we've been living this for 13, 14 years at this point, and there's not, there's and a lot of- writing the books yourselves, too. Exactly, <laughs> so there's a lot of um, 101 books out there, and this one seemed a little bit different than that, and I took some people's advice and went ahead and started reading it. And um, a couple chapters into it, I found myself journaling on FET. And I put on FET, I'm reading this book. I'm going to interview the author. So I'm not going to tell you guys what book I'm getting this from. <laughs> but here's my thought process that's going on and getting a lot of comments back. So it's really neat to pick something up and still have things to journal about. So just tell us a little bit about the book. I mean, exactly. the, the subtitle of Girl to Girl Wisdom. Um, You're probably not going to be reading it. Actually, <laughs> sir, I, I, I'm glad that you started there because... I did not pick the subtitle. In fact, it was the source of much contention between my editor and I because mm -hmm. I I wanted to not have the word girl. Right. I didn't I didn't want the girl to girl in there, but I mean, she absolutely insisted and I I seated because I understand that she's the editor, she's a publisher, she knows what she's doing and I've got to trust her judgment that she's going to present it in the way that is most likely to appeal to the widest possible audience. and But my whole argument was, I don't want every woman who picks this up to think, oh, it's just for me. Mm -hmm. I, there are several points in the book where I even speak directly to the dominant, and I address the reader as you. Right. Hey, I'm speaking directly to you now. And if you're a dominant, this is something to keep in mind here, or this is something I want you to think about. Um, because I, I specifically wrote it for the relationship. I'm hoping, and I didn't want pink either, I, I have to say. I argued <laughs> very heartily for teal and turquoise, and she insisted it had to be pink, and she, and she gave me very good reasons about the psychology of color and, and why it would work, and, and I have to tell you, I was not sold on the idea. And then she showed me the cover concept, and I was like, I love it. And she's like, well, I'm glad you trusted me. So I gave in. <laughs> I got the title I wanted because she liked it, and then I, I gave in on pretty much everything else. Um, and, and it turned out that she was right. It, it was the right decision to cede to her, her wishes on that. But it... It does give me the opportunity as the author, when I have the opportunity to meet people, to tell them, okay, because it's usually a woman buying the book, frankly, mm -hmm. <laughs> I get to tell her, hey, take this home and after you read it, which will not take you very long, put it on the back of the toilet and tell your sir or your master or your owner or your mentor, whoever it is that, that you want to explore further with, that you want to grow with, tell this person, pick this up every time you're in and you'll have it done in about a week. Mm -hmm. Or depending on right. you know your personal situation, <laughs> I made them literally toiletized chapters. You can literally get through the longest chapter in the book in about fifteen minutes at the average reading speed. So it doesn't actually take that much time. Or if you happen to be um, the kind of guy who wants to drive somewhere and drop her at the door and wait for her because you really don't want to be the bag carrying guy, mm -hmm. you can sit in the car with it, take a few minutes, read a couple chapters while she's in there. And so there are an infinite number of ways that, that the guy can get through this. I do absolutely encourage that the tops read this too. And I keep saying the guy because yes, it is directed primarily at the heterosexual relationship and primarily at the female submissive, but it's also directed at the submissive 
regardless of the equipment that you were born with or purchased aftermarket. (laughs) (laughs) So it's directed at that type of relationship. And so I I want both parties to be reading it. I have had emails from dominance. I've had dominance come up to me even at this event, tears in their eyes even, and tell me, okay, normally I don't read the books. (laughs) But when she said, if you just read this one chapter, I promise you you'll want to read the rest. Yeah. And she had me read this one chapter. And, and, and all honesty, this actually just happened yesterday, but it's been so crazy, I can't even remember what chapter it was, and I should. And he said, I couldn't stop reading. He said, when she told me to read that one chapter, I read it, and I couldn't stop reading. I, I, I went back to the beginning. I started and I read the entire book yeah. in one sitting. It's because there's insight in here, and it's based on personal experience. Lots of hard-won personal experience. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, But what, what interested me was that um, I actually had a slave chat scheduled two weeks ago or something like that. You know, and a couple of us showed up, and we weren't really sure what we were going to chat about. And I'm like, you know what? I picked up this book called Conquer Me, and they're like, oh, no, a book. You know, and it's like, no, 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 get, get this. And I... Stopped at chapter two, you know, and I'm like, just listen to this little piece right here because I think I've got something to journal about, right? And the title of the chapter is, and this one time at pancake camp. Yeah. And I'm like, pancakes. <laughs> and I'm like, but I'm reading it. And, and I want you to explain a little bit about it. Um, but I, I wanted to point out a couple of things in that I ended up journaling about it on FET, you know, and correct me if I'm wrong with how I understood this, but when you first got into the lifestyle, there seemed to be two different types of subs. You were either a bedroom sub, which was a role player, so like a right, sexual basically. sub. Kind of a touristy sort of right, thing. Right. right. Or a service sub, which was a lifestyler. And, right. And I just wanted to say that, you know, for me... I've been asked these kind of questions and title runs and things like that. Do you believe you could be a slave without being submissive? And, you know, what do you think is more important, service or obedience? And just these things. And it never really clicked in my head, except that I noticed I started calling myself a service submissive, a service slave. You know, it's about the service. It's about the service. But that always, it didn't always click. I mean, I love to give service to Dan. You know, that really, really drives me. But I'm not about the service, kind of like my friend A, who seems to be about the service. I mean, she loves the service. If she has to be given an order, she feels like she's failed because she didn't do the service ahead of time. I've always felt a little bit inferior when I'm around those slaves because I always feel like that's perfect. Like, I want to be able to be that. And it took me a long time to come to grips with the fact that I'm okay the way I am. Yeah. Exactly. So, so, but I had to drill about this. I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'm not a service slave. Maybe it's not the service that is actually driving me. It's a service to Master Dan, but I also like it when he gives me an order and I can fulfill that order and it's obedience and it's, you know, and that's and you, a driver, I wish the, the listeners yeah. could see your smile right now because it's lighting up your whole face. Yeah, that's, that's what I like and that's what feeds me, but it doesn't seem like it's given a lot of... Uh, Press, press, yeah. or something like that. So anyway, so tell me the pancake story because I did not explain the pancake story. Okay, so um, essentially, um, and, and I love the look on your face when you read the chapter title too, because my <laughs> editor was like, "Are you sure? Yes. Are you positive? Because I could give you fifty ideas right now." I said, "No, it has to be." And this one time at pancake camp, because I want the raised eyebrow. Right. I want people to go, "Oh, okay, that was wait, mine." What? I was like, "Where are we going?" Yeah. <laughs> a minute, but you got to catch me quick. Yeah. So, and I kind of wanted that it's, it's engaging. Um, and what had actually happened is in this chapter, I write about a, a time 
early on, fairly early on in, in my relationship with Master. And one of the things that we were going through at the time, okay, frankly, he wasn't going through it. He was pretty much just trying to hold on for the ride while I went through it. <laughs> I was very much stuck in this, you are a bottom, a slave, or a submissive. Mm-hmm. And I was having some serious difficulty. And I, mean, I mean, I am a, a bottom. It's, it's, it's something that I like to do, but it doesn't, it doesn't identify. I don't identify as a bottom primarily um, because I, I do have a submissive nature. And people who don't know me very well would probably argue with that because mm-hmm. I do have a somewhat assertive personality. I mean, I can, I can be very, I'm very outgoing. I love people. I love to talk. I'm a social butterfly. Um, and a lot of people mistake that for dominance. So I was having a struggle with my own identity. Part of that actually had to do with the fact that not too long before the story, and this is actually something not in the chapter, not too long before this event that I'm about to describe took place, Master and I had been at a munch, and someone who we had never met before came up to introduce herself and introduced herself to me and said, I, you know, I'm so-and-so, and you're Miss... And I was like... And I was so taken aback, I just said my name. Right. And she goes, and this is your boy, and I'm like... No, I, I mean, I couldn't even talk. Right. And he right. was just like, where? <laughs> like, who, who are you? When did you get What's a boy? Going on? Yeah, I know. <laughs> are we... Did I fall into bizarro land? Like, what happened? And I... And she saw the look on my face, and before even this could even speak, she goes, clearly, I have just suffered foot and mouth, (laughs) and I want to apologize um, for making an assumption. Will you introduce yourselves? (laughs) So, And she was extremely, I can't remember who it was now, but she was extremely gracious about it, and I remember being very impressed with the level of grace in that. But this happened maybe one month prior to the breakfast at the Little Diner, Mm -hmm. the Little Diner that we loved to go to. And when I was there, I would frequently get the strawberry crepes because it's really just dessert masquerading as breakfast. Yes. <laughs> and it's basically like strawberry shortcake, mm-hmm. but I didn't have to ask because I knew that crepes were like on my, yes, you can have that thing. Right. So I was like, crepes, yay, strawberry crepes. And he ordered just pancakes. No eggs, no hash browns, no bacon. He, he wasn't very hungry. We were really there for me, frankly. Um, and I think the pancakes were really just more to keep him busy. And while we're sitting there talking... We usually would have breakfast or brunch at a time of day when the little diner was uh, pretty much dead, kind of, you know, in there just post-lunch rush. It's a Sunday afternoon. We're just sitting there having, having breakfast. We're having this long, drawn-out conversation. Now, the wait staff, we had gone there often enough at this point. They knew once we had our food, unless we put our drink on the edge of the table, don't bother us. Right. Because they had walked by some of our conversations and discovered that they would just wait until we needed that. <laughs> <laughs> so we're sitting there, we're having this really in-depth conversation, and I'm, I'm picking at my food because even though I had started out starving, I was really getting very emotional about this conversation. And he finally said, okay, I, I, I just need you to boil it down for me. Tell me in a sentence what's going on. And I said, I'm nothing. I'm not a slave. I'm not a submissive. I'm not a bottom. There's nothing out there. There's no word for me. I don't know what I am. I know how I feel. I know what I want to do. I know what I want for us, I think, at least right now. That could change, you know? And I was just so scattered about it. And I, and I just go on this tirade. And I said, you know what? That's, that's it. I'm, not, I'm a pancake. <laughs> and he said, he just kind of looked down at his plate because he hadn't taken a bite yet. And he just looks at me. And I had set, and I, it was a very, there's a finality to this gesture. I had set my knife and fork down with a sharp click at the same time I said that. And I just crossed my arms. 
because there was a part of me that was daring him to say, no, you aren't. Because I, because I would just, apparently part of me had been pent up wanting to have a fight about my personal <laughs> identification. And I had no idea this was going on inside of me until it all came out. And he's like, okay, you're a pancake. Why? And it just a damn burst. And I, and I looked at my plate and all I could see was this fancy French confection with this pretentious little name. And on his plate, just a simple, honest pancake. No pretenses, not hiding under a mound of whipped cream and strawberries. And it was just so metaphoric that I was like, I want to be that. I don't want to be hidden behind all this stuff. I don't want to be buried under all this stuff. I don't want to go by some fancy name. I want to just be a simple, honest pancake, totally okay with its pancakeness. I want to be something that you like. I want to be something that you would order. Because my lack of having a, a sure sense of self-identity at that point in our relationship was making it very hard for him to accept me because I didn't. Right. And even if he was feeling like he was being accepting, I wasn't. Mm-hmm. So, which meant it didn't count, of course, because I have a vagina <laughs> and that's how things work in this relationship. So, because once you have real brain, it's, you, you just kind of, well, you know. <laughs> no. I'm sure you know. Some of this is sounding I'm sure you're familiar with that. So that's actually what happened. And, and you know what? It wasn't a private thing. I went off about it. I blogged about it. I journaled about it. I, I called my friends and told them. By the way, when you talk to me, I'm no longer master's girl. I am now a pancake. And they were like, she's officially fucking lost it. Yep. I'm sorry, my mouth will say a bad word. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I'll be good. We could edit the fuck out of it, but we don't fucking care enough to fucking edit it, so we're good. I'm yes. sorry, all the fucking just totally got me off track. Get back to the fucking pancakes, because I'm pretty fucking. Alright, pancakes. So anyway, I, I call my friends. I mean I go to play parties and 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 munches and, and gatherings. And I was absolutely, and I told everybody because I was convinced that somebody would challenge me and mm-hmm. I would have the opportunity to open up. I'm going to frame it this way because I, now I have the benefit of experience and time. I was hoping for the opportunity to open up a discourse and a dialogue about my feelings on the matter. Mm-hmm. When in reality, looking back on it now, I realized what I was actually doing was being a little bit antagonistic. That was not my intention. I did not realize at the time that that's mm-hmm. how I was presenting it. And everybody thought it was freaking adorable. <laughs> that was not the reaction I was expecting. They were like, oh, you wanted you're to be, so cute. I'm French toast. And you wanted to be challenged. I so did. You could I wanted to be challenged because I wanted yeah. them to say, okay, wait, why are you a pancake? It was like a week. And I, know that's, I know that's like not forever unless you're like five. But it was like a week. And for me, it did feel like forever because every single second I was waiting for an email, a text message, a, a response to my blog post, something. I was waiting for something. Finally, somebody says to me, okay, I'll bite. Not that I baited this person into it at all, because I would ne- I'm a very bad liar. Anyway, he said, okay, I'll bite. Why are you a pancake? And I got to explain the whole story. And amazingly enough, he said, that actually makes sense. Mm-hmm. So while you're spending time as a pancake, what are you learning? And that blew me away. I was so focused on being a pancake that I'm like, <laughs> right, good point. I should be using this time wisely. I will be a wise little breakfast food, and I will learn something from this very valuable experience. And then I set out trying to learn it, only I didn't know what it was I was trying to figure out. And through a series of interesting events, which actually involved most of the other submissives I knew um, actually becoming breakfast foods for a short time, Amy was waffles, and there were a couple of other girls that were different things, and um, 
It was really adorable. It actually came that one of them asked me about, you know, how long are you, do you think you're going to be a pancake? And I said, until I don't need to anymore. Mm-hmm. So, okay, what, when will, how will you know? When will you be there? And I was like, I don't know. I guess, I guess I'll know when I get there. And she's like, well, no, I mean, how, like, what's your signal? Like, what's, what's your trigger going to be that tells you you're done being a pancake and you're ready to be something else? I said, well, I know what the something else is. And she said, well, I was, you know, just thought you were, you know, a submissive. And in that moment, I suddenly realized I was, I am submissive as a descriptor. Mm-hmm. You can describe me and certain aspects of me and traits that I possess as being submissive, but it is not something I can put on my name tag. It doesn't speak fully, wholly. It does not encompass the complexity right. to me of, of all that I feel and all that I am. Now, if you watch my interaction with my master, you may say, hmm, she's a submissive because she does not fit my definition of slave, and that is perfectly fine. You may call me whatever you wish. I had to come to terms with what I wanted to call myself. And when I finally hit that point of being able to say, I'm a slave, mm-hmm. without feeling like I was doing something wrong, without feeling like I was taking something away from someone else who didn't agree with me, mm-hmm. without feeling like I was giving something up that I would never, never get back no matter what happened. Basically, when I was no longer fucking terrified of every possible consequence, I was able to just be. And then I didn't need to be a pancake anymore. I was able to work my way through it. Um, it, it, I love that it, and I honestly think that the fact that it caught on for mm-hmm. a short time, just that one summer, right. I really think that was helpful to me because so many people were like, yeah, let's just all just give up all the labels. Fuck labels. We're just going to be no labels for the summer. We're just going to make up our own. And, and I was just like, I had no idea. I was starting a trend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there were like signatures and emails and posts like International House of Pancakes. And I'm like, that's not fair. You're not my job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but <laughs> at the same time, yeah, it's really the International House of Scrambled Eggs anyway, so... Yeah. Can't complain because <laughs> everything comes to scrambled eggs. So I really think that that actually helped me because it it did get me talking. It did challenge me. Right. I didn't need somebody to come up to me and say you're not a pancake and here's why. I didn't need somebody to walk up and get antagonistic with me, and I didn't need to be antagonistic about it. Having that quiet conversation was ne- necessitated by the fact that it did become a little bit of a local thing for a little while. There. Right. She had to know. Okay, tell me, how much more fun can I have with this before it's all over? You know? um, but it was it was really meaningful time in my life, and I and I'm really grateful for all the friends that I had during that time who were like, okay, you're a pancake, mm-hmm. who were so accepting that I could have made a word up out of nowhere, right? And they would have been like, okay, we're fine with that. We've actually done that before. <laughs> labels don't work as makeup words, so. You know, because sometimes the labels just don't fit. I'm glad you had a supportive network around you because I don't know that all submissives and slaves that have this conundrum actually speak it out loud. I you think know, it's almost like you're supposed to know what you are. I know a lot the of them don't because yeah. they finally did. When I came out and mm-hmm. said, well, here's why I'm a pancake, and I didn't make a secret of it. Right. 
other people were like, and they didn't always necessarily like stand up and shout it out at a play party, you know what I mean? They didn't want to take out a billboard or anything, but they would tell me, you know, I felt that way. Right. And I feel stuck by the fact that we have these three very narrow labels that everybody perceives a little bit differently and everybody defines for themselves a little bit differently. And if I tell a person I'm this and they don't think I am, then they might challenge me. And it was just a very liberating exercise in, hey, A, I'm not alone, and B, I get to decide who I am. I don't have to give that power to somebody else. Right. Even master, he can't determine who I am. I have to determine that before I can be in a healthy relationship because it's not his job to tell me who I am. It's his job to help me celebrate who we are together. Mm-hmm. That's what our relationship is about. I like that. I like that. So what made you decide to write the book? Actually... Okay. <laughs> Speaking of that wonderful supportive network, I was um, I was blogging a lot and journaling a lot and, and getting a lot of comments and a lot of e- even privately. And at the same time, I was a member of a local group, and one of my responsibilities was to come up with a weekly discussion topic. Right. And in doing so, one of the things I said was, if you want to respond and you do not want your response associated with your name. Send it to me privately, ask me to post it anonymously, and I will do so. And mm-hmm. I will never reveal your identity. Right. And I had a lot of people actually take advantage of that. When I would post a weekly discussion topic, many people would say, please post this. And I would edit for identifying markers. Mm-hmm. Like if they had mistaken, if they said post it anonymously, but then posted their master's very unique <laughs> name, <laughs> I would like underscore it instead. Like I would take out the name and put in the underscore right. or put in like asterisks or something. I would, I, I would kind of edit it for identifying markers and put them, put them up. But I did have people also that I felt so compelled, like when they would send a response, like I would send one back privately. Like I didn't feel like well, now that I know who you are, it's going to be weird if I try to post it on in the discussion forum. I'm afraid I might inadvertently give you away, so I just wanted to respond to you privately. Via that method of communication, um, and and it, I felt like I was constantly in this mode of just exploration internally, emotionally, and, and so many other people were coming to me and saying, this is what I'm going through that I'm not talking about at the group meeting. Mm-hmm. This is what nobody knows about. This is what's happening. This is what I want to talk about. And I was like, wow, we are just so fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are like a mess, and we're, we're not being honest with ourselves about it. Um, and it actually did lead to, in that particular group, um, a greater transparency because I did convince several people to, to say, you know, let's talk about this at, at, their, at our group. I really think, I, trust me on this. I can't tell you who, but you're not alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really think you're going to be received pretty well. And a couple of people were brave enough to actually take that on, and they became discussion topics in the group in general. Um, and I had an opportunity to see what a lot of people were talking about, to respond to them privately, to answer a lot of questions, ask a lot of questions, see that I wasn't alone. And when I was blogging about this, I would never, of course, mention anybody by name. Right. I would get responses, and some of them would even be private responses. And... When I blogged about the concept of what Conquer Me actually is, somebody, uh, one of the smartest women I've ever had the privilege to know, she's actually quoted in the book, mm-hmm. um, and I won't say her name. I think she would find it complimentary, but just in case, I won't name her. But um, she actually messaged me privately. She said, you should write a book. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? No. <laughs> I can write a book? And she's like, <laughs> she emails me back, and she goes, why not? You can clearly put a sentence together. Right. Keep doing that until you have enough of them, <laughs> and then put them between a cover, and then you have a book. And I was like, well, you make it sound really easy, which she did, incidentally, because mm-hmm. if you read my um, 
my introduction or my 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 dear reader, I can't remember what it's in now. I, I talk about how hard it was to write this book. Um, emotionally, it was it was quite a right. journey. Oh, so yeah. the reason I decided to write it was because somebody said I should, mm-hmm. and when I said I can't do that, she made a good case, and she said, "If you don't, who will?" Mm-hmm. Sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I said, "Well, surely somebody more qualified." She said, "Who's more qualified?" Mm-hmm. Some master out there who only has a passing knowledge of the the psychology of a slave's brain because we can't possibly allow them to you can't possibly allow them to ever navigate the real ends of it. Right. And I was like, but if I write it and they read it, then they're gonna know. <laughs> <laughs> and she she was like, while I can see where that might not make you very popular among your fellow slaves and submissives, I really think it would be beneficial overall to the relationships. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, if they read it, they may see just how many questions we have. In inside of our little brains that we try to figure out on our own. <laughs> I have actually had a couple of people tell me, a couple of, of gentlemen came up to me last year at GLLA and um, separately, individually, like uh-huh. not, they weren't together. Both of them heterosexual males in heterosexual relationships with female submissives. Both of them fairly new to the lifestyle around a year or less than a year. I think one of them around six months, one of them around a year. Right. One of them was on his second GLLA and his first one he was brand new, so he was about a year. Each of them individually said, upon reading your book, I, I, when my slave or submissive handed it to me, I thought, oh, great, this will be an excellent tool. And now I am completely overwhelmed by the amount of work that I have to do. <laughs> and I just wanted you to know that. And I'm terrified. And can I have your email address? Yeah, because you talk about active submission and active dominance and taking responsibility for each of those and, you know, not making the dominant do all the work, but the dominant has to be active dominant yeah and it may not be at the same time as (laughs) so it can get a little confusing so um it can be a difficult difficult waters to navigate certainly absolutely that's the whole message personal responsibility oh yeah and a tear active submission on your own two knees so now we were talking a little bit beforehand and um so i wanted to know there's awesome chapters in here but if you had to pick one out, what would you say? So you've got people that come up and talk to you. Which one do you think gets the most notice? Wow, that, um, that's a good question. I. It depends on who's actually doing the talking. Uh-huh. Conquer Me, uh, which is Chapter 7, and then there's Catechism and Chain. I, it might be Chapter 11, 14. There's a one in it, I think. Um, at any rate, <laughs> uh, Catechism and Chain is a very popular chapter. Um, those two are actually really popular because they have really delicious descriptions in them, and they very much appeal to my fellow little letters yes. out there. <laughs> but the one that I think I, I probably get the most comments and, and or questions about has got to be uh, the Love Kink Bank and Trust chapter. Okay. I believe it's number 17. I'm looking... I can't tell you a page number. I'm not that good. That's okay. <laughs> yes, 17. Ooh. Replenish me, master, for my well runs dry by Casey Cunningham. Well, I couldn't find a, a, a quote that spoke enough to what I wanted to say. There are actually uh, two of the epigraphs, the mm-hmm. quotes that lead each chapter, are of my own. Okay. Uh, one of them is in the surrender chapter, and uh, one is this one. Okay. This actually is from an excerpt from a journal entry. Awesome, awesome. So tell me just a little bit about Love, Kink, Bank, and Trust. Well, Love, Kink, Bank, and Trust is the name of a fictional bank that I created to use as a metaphor. Um, Because we have three things, all of us, that are finite. Time, money, and energy. And 
these are resources and they're not unlimited. Their potential can be if we use them appropriately, but so often we don't, frankly, let's just be honest. So what I wanted to talk about in this chapter was actually the result of a long conversation I had with my, uh, my best friend. And one of the things we were talking about was how do we cope when we have gone so long without a, a, a dominant action from our masters due to whatever life circumstances may be going on at the time? How do we cope with that when they still expect us to be able to pull the submission out of the blue, essentially, mm -hmm. without having any of the reciprocal actions from them? How do we cope with that? And the metaphor was actually born out of us just agonizing over what we were going through together, you know, basically just commiserating. And we finally figured out, oh, hey, we don't. That's why everything kind of falls apart. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, oh, what's the first step when things start to fall apart? Um, and, this, and, and anybody who's read my book by now is probably saying communication, because that's the right answer. Um, so actually, the, the whole metaphor came about because I wanted to talk about the act of making a deposit into the bank. The bank is your whole relationship. Mm -hmm. And if you make a submissive action to your sir, to Dan, mm -hmm. he is receiving that submissive action as a deposit within the relationship. And if he makes a dominant action toward you, you receive that. This is how you complementary, how your complementary traits and the symbiosis therein feed one another individually, but in this cycle. Like I'm, I'm picturing like this diagram from like a communication notebook with the little curvy arrows and they're blue and they go around a little oval in the middle. But it's not something that's easy to describe. And I know I sound silly, but that's kind of what I'm picturing. But that's kind of how it works. And it goes in a cycle. When something gets blocked up, and if he gets terribly ill and is unable to keep making deposits, mm -hmm. sure, you can hold things together for a little while. You've got some reserves. You've got a little bit of savings. You're okay. Now, if he gets better and doesn't come back into the game right. and start picking up and making those deposits again, your reserves aren't going to last so long. They're not right. infinite. So when that happens, and it does in every relationship from one point or another, and it's not always the dominant. The problem is, when it's the submissive who misses a deposit, it's, 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 like, having, it's like having your online banker send you the email that says, excuse me, your direct deposit did not come through, and there's a problem in your checking account which you need to address immediately. Please log on. So it's like getting that email, because right. your dominant is going to say, uh, wait, what? No. Yeah. That's not how we serve dinner. It's not from a McDonald's bag. I don't know if you know this. This is not Wednesday. This is not McDonald's night. So clearly there is a breakdown somewhere in our relationship, and I'm going to address it right now. And then the submissive in you is like, oh, thank God, a dominant action. Oh, it's a deposit. Okay, I can move right along. And so it, it doesn't tend to get as out of hand when it starts with the submissive, as long as the dominant's kind of keeping track of things, paying attention, and, and nips it in the bud. Right. When they do it, though, we can't nip it in the bud. Mm-hmm. We, because we're like, oh. What have I done that made him do this? Because <laughs> we always do that. We personalize. I am obviously failing in some way because he no longer wants to be my master and I'm just going to go cry. <laughs> and he doesn't love me anymore. And, 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 and we just girl brain it. Like, and we may not ever say those things out loud, but there's a little voice in our head that is saying these things and nobody's talking about it. And I'm going to talk about it mm -hmm. out loud to anybody who will listen because it's time that somebody stepped up and actually said, hey, I'm going to be genuine and tell you what I'm going through. And I'm not going to hide. And I think that that 
we'll set an establishment for some trust between us so you can talk to me. So that's why I'm actually doing this interview, why I wrote the book, why everything. Because I want somebody else to be able to look at their master and say, okay, I read this chapter in this book and I really would like you to read it because there's something I've been noticing in our relationship lately. And yes, you do have to approach it respectfully. Mm -hmm. You can't say, you heartless dick, you don't love me anymore, don't ask me how I know, just trust me, please don't do that. Um, that would not go over very well in our household. Oh, it didn't. I mean, it, w it wouldn't. You're right. It, didn't. it wouldn't. It probably won't, and I do not condone that, and I do not take responsibility, nor does my publisher, for anything that you may suffer as a consequence. So, moving on. Um, yeah, you have to approach it respectfully. You have to be able to say, I've noticed that you haven't been blank right. lately, whatever it is. And I just wanted to know, is there something wrong? Is there something that I can do with what what's going on? Mm -hmm. Is there something I don't know about? You know, I, I need to open up a dialogue with you. I need to talk to you about this. And he might be like, I haven't? Oh, damn, you're right. I kind of haven't. I didn't even realize. And then suddenly you're like, oh, it wasn't even important enough to him that he noticed its absence of this tearing me to pieces. And so you, you come to this place where you have to be able to say, okay. And you have to shut your girl brain off into the little crazy part of your head and let your logic come out and do the talking and say, well, master, if you didn't notice that you weren't doing it, I, am I correct in assuming that it wasn't that it wasn't feeding you, that it wasn't fulfilling you? Because if you didn't notice it was gone, it probably wasn't that important to you. Is there is there another way that we can arrange something that feeds both of us? Because I've I've really missed this. Mm -hmm. Sometimes he'll say, and I know this from experience. Oh. You really miss it. I, I didn't know you liked it all that much, really, to be honest with you. Now that I know you really like it, I kind of want to do it some more. <laughs> Maybe he'll say, yeah, actually, I, I'm really glad you brought this up because I did. I kind of have been thinking this over for about a week now. I didn't know how to approach you. I want to try this instead. And whatever the response is, I promise you it will be better if you approach it respectfully and say, Master, I noticed you haven't been blank lately. Is something wrong? That is the single best way you can mm -hmm. approach it. I've noticed, not you, an I statement. I right. know it's fundamental psychology, but it, it goes, it, it really does work. It's true, it helps. You've gotta start with that I. I've noticed that you haven't done this lately, why? That's what that whole chapter is about. Okay. How do you, as the submissive, draw attention to something without throwing the whole dynamic out of whack? Right. Because if you don't address it, the whole dynamic is gonna be out of whack anyway. Sure. It's going to be like a tilt to whirl you know, with all the people on the one side that but kind if of you, but, tilt, only tilts and doesn't whirl. <laughs> but if you attack, it's going to throw everything off a kilter as well. So, well, if yeah, you attack, it's possible that you could end up with a, a domestic or a, a dominant deposit that you were not prepared <laughs> to receive. That's what I'm trying to put together. I'm actually stuttering over that, and I don't do that that often. Let me say that I know that from personal experience yes. as well. <laughs> um, acting out oftentimes will result in a, in a, in a, in a deposit. However, if your dominant is intelligent and creative, as most of them tend to be in diabolical ways, it will not at all be the deposit you were expecting. <laughs> it will be a deposit made in French currency, for example. Exactly. So, uh, one more question for you, if you don't mind. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm talking the night away. No, it's fine. The uh, first time I got a tattoo, everyone said, Dan, you're going to all want a second tattoo right away. So now that you've finished one book, do you have the second book coming? Is it in your mind? Is it getting, turning into paper already? I, I get asked that a lot, and actually, um, the answer to that is no. I'm not currently working on anything because... 
Um, well, some personal stuff um, with my ex-husband and my son. Uh, I'm actually wrapping up the final stages of a custody battle, and that's been going on about three years. It actually started right around the time I was wrapping up the initial writing of the first draft. Mm -hmm. Okay. So during the publication process, that was actually all going on. So that's actually been a three-year battle that's about to kind of come to an end. And it's caused a lot of need for adjustment within our relationship, in our household, in our life, um, because of the custody change and everything. So... Um, because of some personal issues, it just hasn't really been at the top of my list of priorities. Mm -hmm. It's really sure. been a matter of keeping my own family whole. And I have a feeling, though, I'm kind of the one to, sit, to look back on something and then write about it rather than as it's occurring. Mm -hmm. So I have a feeling that a lot of the stuff I'm going through, not necessarily dealing with uh, with custody, of course, but with dealing with adjusting after a, a huge major life change, rebuilding trust, it's actually the presentation I gave this weekend, uh, very, very well received, and I am very happy with how it went. I really would love to expand on that some more, mm -hmm. um, and I'd like to go into a lot more detail on communication specifically within an MS dynamic. So there's a lot of things I'd really like to elaborate on, almost, and, and I almost think that I, I want to do something that's sequely, but not. Yeah. And I, I just don't know. It's kind of one of those things where I think it's going to be like a, a year or two down the road, and then if I've got something really solid, I'll pitch it at the editor, kind of see what she thinks, and if she thinks it's a go, then we'll make it work. Um, I probably will not write another book and then try to pitch it. <laughs> I don't think I'm, I don't probably will not do that again. <laughs> Awesome. Okay. Fair enough. Thank you very much, Casey. It's been a pleasure to talk with you. I, I'm honored that, um, for you to have had me, sir. Thank you. <laughs> we're going to tell all the boys and girls you're in our room. I, I think that's good. Yeah, I think so, too. Here. It, is. it actually is. It's really warm. All this leather. <laughs> all right, Casey. Thank you very much. Have a great night, guys. So uh, where can we actually get some pancakes? For some reason, I'm hungry. Actually, there's a Denny's if you go out to the main light and take a left. It'll take you right around if you just don't get on the highway. <laughs> we do. Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by Adventures in Sexuality, Central Ohio's Kinky Fun Group. Find out more at adventuresinsexuality.org. Want to have your product, event, charity, or service is the first thing listeners hear about on our podcast? Make a $10 donation to the podcast for a 10-second front bump on our show that reaches listeners from around the world. What a bargain! Contact us at Dan and Dawn at eroticawakening.com. Did you know you can buy the new highly acclaimed book, Living MS and Sex Stories and Power Exchange by Dan and Dawn directly from their websites? Both books can be found at eroticawakening.com. Any dollar and 20 cents we made from anything sold on the site goes directly back into the educational mission of Erotic Awakening. Bye, Dan. Bye, Dawn. Is he going to turn the mic off this time? I don't know.